You're listening to a sermon podcast from Paramount Church in Columbus, Ohio. To learn more, visit ParamountColumbus.com. Thank you guys so much for leading us in songs this morning and worship of the Lord and how it fits so well with our message as we strive to do that every week as we preach the word and sing the word to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs as scripture tells us as we should. So we'll be in Psalm 24 for just a a brief time this morning and then we will make our way over to some other passages of scripture. this morning that my community group knows about. <clears throat> so my, my clock is running on my phone so I can keep an eye on it. Um, my tendency has been to be long and I'm going to do my best not to be long this morning. Um, and so as we look this morning and we have been going through the series during the month of June and Jesus is King was the first of June. December, right? I don't know where I saw Jesus and thought something there, and just like June came out. I don't know what that is. Jesus is King was the first message that Pastor Rush brought. Then he brought the second message about the King of Joy. Jesus is the King of Joy. Last week we heard a message from Pastor Isaac on Jesus is the King of Peace. Today we're looking at Jesus as King of Glory, as we read in Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's. It all belongs to Him. All it contains. All that lives in it. And it's the place where He chose to have a battle. And it's a place where He will draw Him a people and a bride that will come from every tribe and nation and every tongue. The earth is the Lord's. He is mighty in battle. Do you know this king of glory? That's the first question this morning. First point would be built around, do you know this king of glory? He talks a little bit about what it, what it, what it looks like. I'm not going to go into a lot. There's more here to be preached than what we're going to preach, but it's a springboard into where I want to go in making application to our lives here according to the scriptures but he makes clear about those who will what they will ascend the hill they will send into the holy place and what will they look like they will be ones with clean hands with a pure heart when you read that you're sitting there going there's no way I can go there I can't get there That's why he is the king of glory and he is strong and he is mighty in battle because he has fought that for us. We absolutely can be there. Do you know the king of glory this morning and the way of salvation? Have you come to Christ this morning? You know this Savior, there's a time where God has sought you. He had people bring the gospel to you. 
in whatever way that it came to you and that you realize that you were a sinner and you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, then you are one who sits here with clean hands and a pure heart. And at the end of this, you'll see that we will be part of the Lord of hosts who will come back again and he will take us all into glory with him. Does your life show evidence of knowing this because he talks about in verses 4 through 6, these are those who seek his face? We will build more on that as we go, but these are those who will seek his face. He talks about three things right there in these, these verses that were read previously. One who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not sworn deceitfully. A Christ-likeness of life. There should be an evidence for those who know Christ as their Savior, a Christ-likeness in life where he brings our hands and our hearts together. And we do what we do because of who we are in Christ Jesus. There's a Christ-likeness of longings lifted up his soul. You lift up your soul. God has created you. He has birthed you. He has raised your dead soul to life. He has given you life so that we, by, by his power, by his grace, by his Holy Spirit, we lift our soul up to no other? Are we like Solomon, who lifted up his soul and his heart to the things of this world? Which world do you live for? This world consumes us. It conforms us in so many ways. We don't lift up our souls to the things of this world that steals our affections. He set his heart and his affections on the wrong world. Where are your affections this morning? What are my true affections? What are the things that that stir my heart? My deepest longings. There's also a Christ-likeness of language. They're not sworn deceitfully. They are not double-tongued. James talks a lot about this. or he, He talks about this in the book of James. There should not be blessings and cursings coming from the same mouth. There should be an obedience about us. As we learn to to walk in the Spirit and we learn the things that God calls us to and, and how we are to live our lives according to the Scripture, there should be a sweet, joyful obedience to the following of the Lord, to the pursuing of Christ, not questioning or not settling. We create a kind of a Christianity that we're comfortable with a lot of times. Five times here, the Holy Spirit speaks of Jesus as the King of glory. Excuse me. 
Who is this King of glory? He is Lord, strong, mighty in battle. What do you know of this King of glory? Jesus came here and lived 33 and a half years. Conquered, defeated the world, the flesh, the devil. He was in a battle. He is in a fight. He's, he is a, a Savior that we know that he, he was tempted in every way like we are tempted, correct? Without sin. He's mighty. He's strong. No sin. Always did the will of the Father. If you want to know the Father, look at me. Do you know this King of glory? He was betrayed by his most close people. By those who would, you would say love him more than anybody else in this world. He's falsely accused. He was scourged. He was beaten. He was nailed to a cross. Yet without sin, taking the full wrath of God so that what? We can have clean hands and pure hearts. Do you know this king of glory? How else do you know this king of glory? In all that he has done, how well do you really know this king of glory? We could go on and on and on. He was buried. He defeated death. He rose again. I will not die. I will not die. Oh, this body's going to die. Good riddance. Till the Lord comes back and redeems it and makes it worth living in. And the older we get, the more you're ready for that glorified body. I will not die. When I die, I will instantly be with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. You know this King of glory and what he has done. He is alive. He is seated at the right hand of the Father right now making intercession for every one of us, pleading on our behalf to the Father. What else do you know about this King of glory? Do you know him as strong and mighty? He's conquered it. John 21, 24 to 25, he says, after just restoring Peter, one of the most tender scenes in the Bible, just I just cannot imagine sitting there as Peter because I'm like Peter. <clears throat> Do you love me? John closes out this book. Want to know the king of glory? Go back and read through the book of John and go at it with eyes of seeing the king of glory and who he is and what he has done. This, this, this is the disciple who is bearing witness 
about these things and who has written these things. And we know that his testimony is true. It is not false. You know, you can know Jesus and not know him. There's people who will debate the facts about Christ and the facts about the Bible. It doesn't matter what they want to come up with. This is a testimony that is true. Now, there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. We can't know what wasn't written, but do you know this king of glory? In all who he is, what he has done. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Jesus has conquered it all. I want to spend some, some time this morning. And it dawned on me the other day as I was writing, and you're constantly kind of thinking about your, what you're going to do on Sunday morning and the things you've studied. And I realized I've preached out of this book before. And I've preached out of Psalm 24 before. But this is a little bit different approach than it was before. It was more focused on you looking for the return of the king. Do you know the king of glory? Are you a believer? Are you what I would say? Are you a follower of Christ this morning? I don't like a lot of other terms. I've been in places where those terms don't work so well. Follower of Christ makes it really kind of clears things up real quickly. You a follower of Jesus? Do you know this King of Glory? There's a part two to this same question. Do you, as a believer, know the King of Glory? How well, how well do you know the King of Glory? We are those who seek your face. I heard a conversation this week, and I understand where it comes from. Because nobody wants to admit that somebody might be lost, especially family. Oh, no, no, no. You'll not convince me that they're lost. They confess the Lord Jesus with their mouth, so they're saved. That's a very cheap grace. And it's also, you, got, you can't just go grab a verse and hold on to that and, and comfort yourself. You should comfort yourself with going to those people with the gospel because there doesn't seem to be any evidence that you are one who seeks his face. That as we take the whole scripture, because that's where we normally get out of bounds, as you start to focus in on this one thing, I understand out of a heart, I don't want to think that any of my family is lost. I don't want to think that my neighbor is lost. I don't want to think that the, the others are around me that are lost, and I'm not sharing the gospel, and I'm not pursuing them with the gospel, knowing what their eternity is. It's destruction, and we're trying to, I don't want to offend you. So be it. God, forgive me. I'm not here to offend you. 
The scriptures may offend you. But I'm concerned because the whole counsel of God tells me there, there's, there's a price that's been paid. And when you get saved, that's not it. And you just go off and it's like, oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And, I, and I'll, I'm okay. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because it's really clear. Do you know this king of glory? Do you really know him? The great price that has been paid? This king of glory continues on. Why? Because we're supposed to be involved in this Christ-likeness. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I was going to read this whole chapter. You can go back and go through chapters 3 and 4. But for time's sake, 2 Corinthians 3, 15 through 18. But to this day, whenever Moses is read and a veil lies over their hearts, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. You've been made new. You can see where you couldn't see before. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But we all, those who have with unveiled faces, those who belong to Christ, who now know God as Father, who have the Holy Spirit living within them, looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord. Do you look for the glory of the Lord? Do you know this King of glory? are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. We are being changed by the king of glory. By glory. Would you call yourself glorious? Absolutely, probably not. But that's what Christ is doing, the King of glory. is doing a work in us. Not only has he done this work to save us, but he's continuing on. There should be this process. That's why I said, be careful in comforting yourself with this one little verse because there's a lot of other verses that show exactly this is who we are. This is what we should look like. And there should be this process going on that I'm being changed from glory to glory by the King of glory. That's what's going on in my life. That's what's happening. Beholding glory is a means of glorification. It's part of the sanctification process. Till one day when he does come and get us at the end of this chapter, and he is now not only the king of glory, strong and mighty in battle, he is also the Lord of hosts. He's come back again, and he's grabbed all of the hosts of the millions of those who will be Christians, that will be followers of Jesus, and that will go in and go, this is the Lord of hosts. Look, look. Beholding glory is a means of glorification. It's the way God transforms us into the very image from glory to glory, looking, gazing, seeking the face of the king of glory, knowing him. Do you know this king of glory? 
Beholding produces becoming. You can't behold the king of glory and remain the same. It's contrary to scripture. You can't truly behold the king of glory and not be changed. So how does this process actually work? This is important to me. All right. How does this process actually work? I'm glad you asked. Because that's always a problem, isn't it? I don't know how to do this. I don't know how it works. The veil is lifted. The kind of seeing God makes possible. If you continue on and you read in this chapter and you continue to go on in chapter 4, in verse 6, for God who said, let, sh- let for God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God has given us this light, has shown in our heart, has changed us, transformed us, placed himself in us so that we can see that we can know this King of glory, and it's in the face of Jesus Christ. Do you know this King of glory? Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you look into his face intently? We'll have the Lord's Supper here in just a little bit. Just thinking, really, if we really just sat down and looked at the cross again, afresh, anew, and see all that, that was poured out on him, that he withstood. I have no chance if he comes down from there early. It should change us, even if it's just a little bit. Keep seeking. Keep looking. Keep gazing into Jesus Christ, into his face, Knowing what he has done and I knowing the way I am living. To see the glory of Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. Paul's praying, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the boundless greatness of his power toward us who believe 
These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he had put all things in subjection under his feet and made him head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You know this king of glory. Can you just go here and just meditate and settle in for a while and see the great work that God, the the father of glory has done from glory from himself to glory to his son, from his son to us. Glory upon glory upon glory so that even in our glorification, God is glorified. He's working this work, and we know there's this eternal weight of glory. He is working. That almost makes me, I'm I'm scared to say that. He's working in me an eternal weight of glory. I'm going to get glory? No, God's going to get glory. Look at the work that he did in me. God will be glorified. Beholding, seeing, knowing Jesus for who he is, all that he is, all that it contains. Seeking his face, seeking his life, my, our life, my longings, my conversation, my heart. Jesus is supremely beautiful to me. I love him with a love like no other. He's more valuable to me than anything in this world. Man, that causes tension. I'm commanded to love that dear woman right there that he gave to me. Like Christ loved the church. I'll do that well when I love Jesus with everything that I have. That in some strange way, if he took her away from me, I would still glory in him. (laughs) You know this king of glory? So this means, as we are understanding how he's doing this, beholding the glory of God involves change. My heart. My desires, my preferences. If you're going to seek the face of God, you're going to have to change some things. You're going to seek Jesus, the King of glory. I'm going to have to prefer other things. I'm going to have to not prefer sleep sometimes. I'm going to not prefer to watch something, whatever it is. My preferences change. Why? So that I can seek the face of the King of glory and I can know him and love him. And he is more valuable to me than anything. More valuable to me than eating. I love to eat. I love to eat good food. 
Matter of fact, I learned to cook because I like good food. If you want to eat it, I want it to taste good. And the better you can make it taste, the better it is. It's the same way with Jesus. Man, I love to be with him. I love to look into his face. See the love that he has for me and all my failures. Do you really know him? Is he more precious, more beautiful, more valuable, more desirable, more satisfying? than anything in this world. I'm telling you, this is lacking in the Christian life, in the way that we come to Jesus. And I'm not trying to add to salvation, but there is this sense of we're good and I know I should change, but It's all about Jesus. It's in the pursuing of Jesus and loving Jesus and him being my highest treasure. I know very few people who would confidently stand and say, I believe, I, I, I believe he is my highest treasure. I, or, or matter of fact, he has grown me from glory to glory to where I don't struggle near as much as I used to. Because of his work in me and seeking his face, longing for his glory, knowing that he is taking glory and he's changing me from one degree to another by his glory, that I don't, I, my preferences have changed. I see that in my life. I humbly before you, as best I know, there are things in my life that if you would have thought and you would have told me 20, 30 years ago, so I'm telling you, this doesn't happen instantly. But if you'd have told me 20, 30 years ago I wouldn't be doing this, I would say, you're a nut. You are crazy. God has done that in my life. Praise God. I am standing bearing witness to you. It's a process. I'm 64 years old. The problem is we're, we're, we're like things happen and, what, and, and something happened the other night and, and, and immediately. I didn't even know what happened until... The next day, asking a question, saying, oh, yeah, well, we, like, well, Google said this. I mean, as soon as something happened, they immediately went to Google, and, and I got my answer. I got my direction. And I'll do this, and I would do this whether he's here or not. Russia's really good at this. You get into any sort of conversation. You got a question? You know, it says this immediately. We live in a world where it's like, here, you know, I don't know. Go Google it. Go YouTube it. You can fix your truck and you don't know nothing. You don't even have the tools to fix it with, but I can go fix it. Oh, that my spiritual life would be the same way. Immediately, immediately I go, Jesus, Jesus, 
<laughs> Where are you at? Where are you at? The other night in community group, we were going over King of Peace. Are you, would you consider, this was the question, would you consider yourself a peaceful person? I know a lot of people who tell me that they're anxious. I, I, I don't know a lot of people who tell me, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty peaceful. We should be. You know this king of glory? He's the king of peace. Turn to Philippians 4. I know how to get along with little. I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ, through him who strengthens me. He's not anxious. In fact, they tell us, don't be anxious. Why am I anxious? Because Jesus has left the scene in my life. My eyes aren't on the King of Glory. I can't know the King of Glory like this. I can't be looking into the face of Jesus and this take place. I Granted, I know there are circumstances and there are challenges. We have this flesh, but overall, as a general evidence and practice in my life, he said, hey, there's a secret. What's the secret? We're learning how God does this. Is those who seek his face, and we look, and we're following, and we're, we're knowing and loving the king of glory, and by glory, he is changing us by the power of his spirit and through grace. As we come humbly and we're seeking, saying, change me, change me, change me. Show me more glory. Make me more glorious so that what? You will be glorified. Not so that I'll just have peace. Oh, that I can glorify you in the times where I used to be anxious. I'm not anxious anymore. Why? Because I know the king of glory. He owns it all, don't you know? You can't do anything to me. You can kill me. Sorry for my family, for the tremendous love loss. <laughs> but me? <sighs> Whatever. Instantly seeing Christ. I can't wait to see Jesus. I cannot wait. He will be so non Hollywood, it's not unbelievable. He'll be my king of glory. He'll be the one that'll walk me in there. I got no business being there without him. What's the secret? This is really important because we all struggle. Here's the secret. I think he told us back in Philippians 3, 7 through 10. But whatever things were gained to me, These things I have counted as loss because of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. 
and count them mere rubbish so that I may gain Christ and may be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death. There's your secret. We struggle with love in this world. In loving Christ and the things that will steal our hearts and our affections away. Jump down. Verse 12. Another part of the secret. Not that I've already grasped it all or have already become perfect, but I press on if I may also take hold of that which I was even taking hold of by Christ. Bear with me here. That's not the, that's not the verse of the line. Court did this one time in ABF, and it's a helpless feeling. Somebody get on Google. Where is it? Oh, here you go. I just didn't keep reading. I was right. Sorry for the pause. Keep going. Brothers and sisters, I do not regret myself as having taken hold of it yet. But one thing I do, one thing, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, all who are mature, let us have this attitude. If anything is you have different attitude, God will reveal it. Pressing, straining. It's not a quick Google search and I got my answer. You want to know this King of Glory? It's going to take some effort. It's going to change your heart. It's going to change your preferences. It's going to, I'm going to change my desires. I'm going to kill some desires. Kill, cut off, chop this hand off if it offends you. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill these. Why? Because this is one thing that keeps me from continuing to grow from glory to glory and knowing and looking into the face of Jesus Christ and making what's to go him my highest treasure. I love nothing else in this world greater than him.
By God's Spirit, He does this work in us. I can't manufacture this. This is, but He's given it to us. Ephesians. Again, He's done this work in us. He's given us His Spirit. The Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead will strengthen me as I press on, as I strain, is the word there. I strain. That's my goal. That's where I'm going. That's what I'm going to do. Jesus is going to be my highest treasure. Do you know this King of glory? Keep pressing. Keep looking. Keep gazing. Make him all satisfying. That is foreign to most of us. I find my satisfaction as Pastor Rush said a couple weeks ago, what was the term that he used about satisfaction? We're easily satisfied? Nah, no, no, no. I'm tired. Don't want to go there. I'll just satisfy myself in this. This will be good. And we got the King of Glory longing to be with us. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Let me encourage you. Seek his face. Don't stop. Even if you don't feel like you're being changed, you keep going. This is not like instant stuff that we have in the world. It works against us in our relationship with God. So used to this instant, instant, instant. You don't have a deep relationship with anybody that it doesn't take time. And I can't push you any harder towards one thing than to pursue that. And that is what has left Christianity in a lot of ways. You didn't come to Christ thinking, yeah, then you need to go make him your highest treasure. You need to learn to love him. You need to learn to know him. You need to know him as all glorious, all satisfying, the highest treasure. In all that we do, Jesus is still, man, he's at the, he's at the highest. In your education, in your work, in whatever it is. No, man, my goal is this guy. This is my king right here. This will consume me. And I know it's hard. There's a lot of this world that's pressing in. Who is this king of glory? He is the Lord of hosts. That is the king of glory. He's coming back to get us one day. He's going to take us in and the gates are going to lift up and we are all going in. We are. And it's going to be a, an unbelievable day with millions and millions and the glorious of it all and the celebration and the praise and the wonder and the adoration. Hopefully for us as we do this, there's less glorification for him to do in us. He's already been working on that process all the years that we've been here. He's been by his glory changing me by his glory.
and he's glorifying me and he's sanctifying me to one day he will completely glorify me. Praise God. I like to mess with our worship team when I preach. I am kind of notorious for saying, hey, can you do this song? And it's usually sometimes, it's not like they've never done it. Like the last time I preached, they did a song that I requested. <clears throat> and they hadn't done it. You had no idea. It stresses them out. But they long to please their pastor. And they will do whatever they can to make that happen. I would now get a call earlier in the week. It used to be like by one person. Now two people call me. Hey. You got any ideas for this Sunday about music that you want to share with us? <laughs> this past week they're saying, hey, do you have any ideas? But nothing new. You can't, you can't do nothing new. I said, no, I'm good. I'll, I'll just trust the Lord here. You guys got this. You do a great job. However, there was a song that came up last week. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all shaking because they don't, they don't know what I'm doing here. <clears throat> and this is going to probably be bad, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> it came up last week when we were, we were studying an ABF. Going, who is God? What is God like? And towards the end, Sherry, who always has a song, starts singing. Me, being half deaf, I can't hear what she's saying. And I said, so what song is it? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strange. In the light of his glory and grace. One more time. Learn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. I'm going to pray in preparation for the Lord's Supper. We're going to take that together here. But prepare yourself. Just gaze on Jesus for the next few moments. Get your heart ready, prepared to receive this in a good way. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus, the King of glory. Forgive us where we stop short and help us as we know you as gentle and lowly. You always welcome us. You always love us. You are always working. You are always continuing to bring us along to change us from glory to glory by looking into the face of your son. Oh, do it more. 
do it more. May we make you our highest treasure, our greatest satisfaction of anything else in this world. Only you can accomplish that kind of work. So help us. We will do our best to strain better in your grace by the power of your spirit to love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you.